Impeachment continues, and no one seems to care. We'll do a little bit of an overview. <coughs> i got to be honest with you, if it wasn't because I'm watching other news programs, I wouldn't know what the hell was going on, because I just, I don't care. It's so, I will get to that. Uh, Hillary has a legal situation with someone she decided to slander. And does this Greta Thunberg ever go to school? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I swear to God, if this news cycle, if this impeachment thing keeps going the way it's going, I, I'm going to quit the podcast on news and politics and start a podcast on squirrels or something. This is just absolutely brutal. I, And if I told you I've actually been watching, that would be a lie. So they're ending or they're going on today on the third day of the impeachment trial. Uh, here's what happened on the first day. The first day they actually sat back and argued about um, the rules of impeachment. So the trial had not technically begun. They were just talking about how the format was going to be. The, tri the uh, first day went well past midnight. Everyone was, was getting really anxious. Jerry Nadler, of course, accused the Republicans of covering up Trump's crimes by not allowing any witnesses. And um, ship, or, um, basically, Trump's legal team then accused Nadler of being a liar and all this stuff. In the end, what ended up happening was uh, Judge Rob, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, who... That poor son of a gun. He he was bleary-eyed. It was like 12.30 in the morning. Uh, and, and he was just about done with it. And what was worse, he had to show up at the uh, Supreme Court the next day at like 7 a.m. to hear motions. Then come back the day after to listen to this 12 hours of absolute crap. Oh, we're going to get there. But I tell you what, we could talk about, uh, they're on the third day today. Uh, we can talk about the second and the third day, and you know what? It's the same thing. Nothing has changed. But G Chief Justice Roberts got ticked off. He decided, you know what? I'm enough with these guys starting to talk garbage with each other. And he admonished both sides in, in kind of a weird way. Listen. I think it is appropriate at this point for me to admonish uh, both the House managers and the President's counsel in equal terms uh, to remember that they are addressing the world's greatest deliberative body. One reason it has earned that title is because its members avoid speaking in a manner and using language that is not conducive to civil discourse. Um, in the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging and the presiding officer said the word ought not to have been used. I don't think we need to aspire to that highest standard, but I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are. What an absolute load of crap. Is he kidding? First off, nobody in the country believes that that court is the, yeah, it, it, the Senate and the or government may be the best in the world, but no one believes that this everyone is civil and civil discourse reigns and all that crap come on 
stop it. And I, 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 the petty fogging thing or potty fogging thing or whatever it said, what? <laughs> I have thought, I never thought in my life I'd hear a, a petty fog, a potty, petty fogging thing sounds like something I got into trouble with by saying it to a gay person. It is just not something I've never even heard of it. I'm sure it's got meanings. I, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. I, I didn't care about it until I was talking about it, but I, come on, dude, really? That's, that's your thing? Yes, I know. 1905, they got into a little tiff about petty fogging. I have to look at, look at it because I don't even know what that word is. Yeah, and in, in, in 1875, they were beating the crap out of each other. Come on, the Senate and the, the House have always been at odds. Civil discourse has been a whatever kind of thing. It's It's been there, kind of, sort of. But then they would go out in the press and start talking crap. I, it's, it's garbage. So anyway, so Chief Justice Roberts, they were finished. In the end of the first day, in the end of the actual uh, rules selection, uh, the Democrats put in 11 um, amendments. None of them passed. All of them got rejected. Uh, some of those amendments included voting for witness preemptive of opening statements, other calling of other witnesses like Mick Mulvaney, and they rejected it. Of course, then the Democrats, Chuck Schumer, who every freaking morning goes out there because he's, he, this is camera time. Let's call it what it is. And we'll get to this in a second. But he goes out there and says the Republicans are covering it up and, and the, the rules are not fair and things like this. Well, here's the kicker. Cocaine Mitch set this up exactly like the Clinton impeachment. No difference. Each side gets 24 hours, I think, the, to make their case. So uh, Democrats will be talking for 24 hours, and then Republicans will be defending themselves for 24 hours. And then I think there's going to be like a 24-hour question period, something like that, okay, where the senators actually submit questions to Chief Justice Roberts. He reads the questions to the defense and the prosecution, and they answer uh, the only difference, the only thing that was changed was Susan Collins of Maine asked that instead of, you know, 24 hours over two days, it be 24 hours over three days. Looking at what happened that first night when they were choosing the rules, that was probably a pretty good idea. The Democrats considered that a victory. They actually thought that, okay, here's Susan Collins, who's a Republican. She's coming over to the Democrats. I, I'm not exactly sure how that is a huge victory. I'm sure Cocaine Mitch, who just looks like he sleeps for 18 hours a day anyway, probably wanted the extra sleep. So I'm not exactly sure where they're going with that. But, hey, whatever it is. Um, the next day, uh, this was going to be the start, the first day of the opening statements by the prosecution which are the demo, uh, the impeachment managers. And as you can well imagine, it was Adam Schiff talking and talking and talking and talking. And he talked for about, I think it was eight hours, a little bit over eight hours. And he literally spoke for maybe six of them, six and a half hours. He was absolutely just, oh my God, he's so bad. In essence, absolutely nothing new came out. It was the same thing. President Trump bad. 
They throw a little Constitution in there, a little Madison, a little John Jay. It, just, just absolutely garbage. Um, but Schiff did leave, leave a little something out there. And it was at the end of the day, you know he was getting tired, and he probably didn't do this on purpose, I would think. He probably would kind of change the way he was thinking if he had his choice again. But listen to this. It's very interesting. The president's misconduct cannot be decided at the ballot box, for we cannot be assured that the vote will be fairly won. This is where Adam Schiff let the cat out of the bag, and I'm sure he didn't mean it. And I'm sure if he could take anything back, that would be it. Uh, he's basically saying that we need to overturn the 2016 election, and we can't trust the public to not vote for Trump because he's corrupt. In other words, that democracy thing that he keeps talking about, all the constitutional garbage he keeps talking about, he basically wants to throw all that out. Everything Republicans have been saying about Democrats the last three years is absolutely true. It all has to do with overturning the election and making it that a Republican, specifically Trump, does not win the 2020 election. It's about dirtying, dirtying this entire election. And I'm going to play this clip again. I'm going to play this clip again. The reason I'm going to play this clip again is I'm going to have a, a, another podcast episode based on something that AOC said and a bunch of Bernie bros said uh, this past week. Um, thanks to Project Veritas and thanks to AOC being a complete idiot, we have these sound bites. And we really need to look at what the Democrats, not the Democrats, because I know lots of good Democrats, what the left is about. And I think in the last week, we really do see what the left is about. And it's actually quite scary, and it's not going to end. And this is why a lot of folks say, oh, well, you know, we're looking at a civil war. And yeah, we may not be looking at a fighting civil war, a hot civil war, but we are going to be in a civil war. Whether it be Antifa beating up, uh, Antifa getting beaten up by Proud Boys, or whether it's just normal people walking down the street getting beaten up because they're wearing a Trump hat or say something or wear a t-shirt they don't like. This is coming because we are such polar opposites. And a lot of people say, well, the 60s isn't was just as bad. I don't think so. I think the 60s were not quite as bad. And the 60s were a lot worse a time than they are right now. We are economically, socially, technologically way beyond what we were in the 60s. This should be the best time of our country. And we're not, for whatever reason. And I, I, it may have something to do with the fact that people hear ideals from past civilizations. Like when we talk tomorrow about the Soviet Union and things like this, people look at the Soviet Union and think they're, they're great. Gulags are great. Breadlines, Bernie said it, breadlines are great. This is insanity. This is, there are Russians who were in the gulags that are saying these things were killers. People were dying. We're going to talk about this because I think this is, this is really dangerous stuff. And it also assumes that we are so centralized in our voting. Our, our elections are so centralized 
that they can be overturned that easily. That is crap. That is absolute crap. That's why we have an electoral college. We do not have centralized, uh, centralized elections. See, here's the thing with the national elections. Everyone says, oh, the national election for president is coming out. It's not actually one election. It's 50 different elections. Okay. Each state has their own election. And the winner of that state gets those electoral votes. That's the point of this. So let's just say someone goes in and, and destroys or, or um, hacks into California's uh, elector, electorate. And they make it so that Trump loses the state of California. By the way, that is expected. That is suspected to have happened in 2016. California is thought to have a, a lot of uh, electoral misconduct. Here's the thing. One, why would people overvote in California when California is going to Hillary or to Biden or Bernie Sanders, whoever happens to win in 2020? Why? Because the state's always been blue. But the second thing is, it doesn't matter. You're just affecting California. You're not affecting, um, you're not affecting Washington or Texas or Louisiana. Because it is, our elections are so disassociated. They're not centralized. It's very difficult. You remove the electoral college, then you do centralize the election. Then you do have to worry about um, election results. You have to wonder if some of them are, are actually legitimate or not. So Adam Schiff is wrong about everything in this whole thing. He's just absolutely terrible. But that was about it. So, so today is the second day of the Democrats' opening statement. It looks like it has about an hour to two hours left. Adam Schiff has been talking for most of the day again because this is a show. This is a show. Listen, every one of those Democrats knows exactly what's going to happen. Trump's going to be, uh, uh, Trump is going to be not going to be removed from office. Everything is fine. It's not going to change. Trump's going to be the president. He's going to be he's going to be reelected. Everything. Nothing is going to go here. This is a show. This is a bunch of people who are standing up there and basically trying to tarnish Trump, trying to make him look bad for the election. Here's the problem they're having. And by the way, look at it as a show. I do not look at this as an impeachment trial, which is why I'm really kind of giving up on watching it. I, I just don't really care anymore. Here's the story. It's it's just a bunch of people that want to talk a lot. And that's all they're doing. They're talking. They're standing in front of the cameras. Adam Schiff not is is kind of a creepy guy. That's not and what's scary is Nancy Pelosi picked Adam Schiff to be the lad lead manager because she thought he looked better than Nadler. Isn't that scary? And this gal they have uh, speaking right now is just as just horrid. These people are just impossible to watch, but it is just a show. Well, here's the thing. On day two, on day two, the show is already going into reruns. They're saying the same things today from the little that I've actually listened that they said yesterday. 
you're just repeat they're just repeating themselves it is really horrid to listen to okay so what's going on the republicans are uh, schumer and all the democrats are walking out oh i can't believe that he's not convicted yet um but the Republicans are walking out. This sounds exactly like what they said during the impeachment inquiry. And a lot of what they said today or on uh, uh, Thursday sounds a lot like what they said on Tuesday. There's nothing new coming out. There's no new evidence. And a lot of Republicans are saying, and we're talking real Republicans like uh, we're not talking real Republicans. We're talking about moderate Republicans like uh, Richard Romney. They're, they're all saying, um, I think we're done. There's just nothing new coming out. The Democrats did a crappy job during the inquiry. They're doing a crappy job now. And they have one more day to somehow turn it around. And I don't know what they're going to say on uh, a Friday that they could say anything that was going to be any different than Wednesday or Thursday. Well, again, a lot of people not really interested in this trial. They really aren't interested in this trial, and it's beginning to show. Um, the ratings are out, and they are having about the same audience as a moderate primetime TV show. It is 11 people viewed the impeachment inquiry, uh, impeachment trial on um, Wednesday, same number on Thursday. It hasn't gone up. It hasn't gone down. It stayed accurate, which means these people are like me. I mean, it's on right now. I, I'm not listening to it, obviously. I'm talking to you. But it it's just keeps going on and on. It's it's nothing, nothing exciting, which means people turn it on like me. They leave it on. They may be watching. They may not. But no one else is interested. So, I mean, if the Democrats want everyone to believe in these polls, I think one of the things the Democrats are going to have to come to grips with is that no one really cares about this. So the poll may say, well, 50% say they want to hear witnesses, but it ain't 50% of the country that's actually watching the elections. Think about 11 million people were watching the impeachment. They've been going for 12 hours. 11 million are watching the impeachments. That's nothing. We are almost 400 million people in this country. Nobody's watching this. They don't care. So uh, the show that they're making out, and I think that might be our Sunday thing, the show they're making out is no one's watching it, and it's getting more and more boring. So in another turn that I think is absolutely delicious is that um, Hillary Clinton in the past suggested that um, another thing that I personally think is, is delicious is that Hillary Clinton suggested that Tulsi Gabbard, she didn't name Tulsi Gabbard directly, but she uh, hinted that Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian asset being groomed by Russia. They love her. And one of the reasons they were grooming her is because they wanted her to be a third party candidate since she has absolutely no, um, she has absolutely no traction in the Democratic race because she's moderate, like a Democrat should be, and um, she's there to basically throw the, basically throw the Democrats under the bus, 
for Trump. So again, Russia, 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 right? Uh, at first, Gabbard just started tearing into her, and you know, Clinton didn't have much of a response. She didn't really say anything, and Gabbard's been walking around in news cycles just saying what kind of garbage Hillary Clinton is, which she is. Um, and to be honest with you, she should be mad. I, I, I can see why she's upset and why she's ripping Hillary Clinton. Uh, this is a woman who doesn't strike me as a Russian plant. We're talking, this is a woman who served in the military, has been in the National Guard for 17 years, has served two tiers in Iraq. As a matter of fact, she had to serve during one of the uh, presidential debates and had to miss the presidential debates because she was actually serving. So I, I, I'm not exactly sure where Hillary Clinton got that she was a Russian plant. She sure sounds like she loves America to me. And she's always praising America. She doesn't want, she's an isolationist, which I'm okay with, but I mean, she's a bit extreme. We shouldn't be anywhere in the world. And I, I don't agree with that. But I, I, I do like that. I do follow what she's saying and what she says makes sense. It could, we could have a debate about it, things like that. But she's definitely not a Russian plant. I, I, that just is, is absolutely asinine. Um, well, she decided, you know, I'm running at 3%. I'm running at 3% candidacy. She probably doesn't have long in this race. She's not making any money. She's not making any of the debate stages. And she's decided which I like and don't like. She's decided that it's Hillary Clinton's fault and she decided to sue her for $50 million. Now, as of as of Thursday night, tonight's Thursday night, as of Thursday night, Tulsi Gabbard hasn't heard anything from the Clintons. They've been served, okay? But I actually am not broken up about it. I do have good things about this. Now, I say it's good and bad. And the bad thing is Tulsi Gabbard is a politician. Tulsi Gabbard is a celebrity. Um, she has put her out there. People are going to have opinions about her that they're not going to like. Hillary Clinton is good, can't is allowed to have opinions about her what, uh, that she may not like. And I think suing is, is kind of childish. But here's the thing. This is where I get sick of. We, we've got... Uh, we got people whose reputations are being destroyed by the left. Uh, let's look. Let's look at him. Brett Kavanaugh. If Brett Kavanaugh decided I'm going to sue, I'd, I'd say go for it. Brett Kavanaugh should be able to sue. Clarence Thomas should be able to sue. George Bush over the Iraq war should be able to sue. Mike Pence, all the crap that he's gone through because he's a Trump vice president and a Christian. He should be able to sue. How about Robert Bork? Remember him? He was rejected because he didn't believe in abortion. He should be able to sue. What about Donald Trump? All the crap that they put on him. People are out there wanting to kill him. Saying that he should be killed. Kathy Griffin with the head. What about, what about them? Why shouldn't they be sued? What about, and again, you can sit there and make the argument. Yeah, well, these are all politicians. These are all celebrities, blah, blah, blah. What about Nick Sandman? The kid who 
the kid who just basically stood up to a bunch of lefties who were trying to intimidate them. And you got people in CNN saying that violence should be done to this 17-year-old kid at the March for Life while he was wearing a MAGA hat should be have violence put upon him who's probably got his life ruined. Sure, Harvard's not going to take him. So I'm okay with this. I am okay with it. And by the way, Nick Sandman did sue. And Nick Sandman, guess what? He settled with CNN. He was suing CNN for $250 million. They settled. And that is one of two... Lo- that's one... Uh, so he's one for two in the lawsuits. Now he's going after somebody else. He's going after Alyssa Milano. We know that. I hope he breaks that gal. She is a terrible, horrid, bad human being. So I don't have a problem with this because I think when people say things, people should really be responsible for what they say. Okay? But when you sit there, and I don't care. You can call me a jerk off. I, I, okay. People do it at work all the time. Don't care. But when you're going on camera and you're sitting back and you're tearing me apart and you're tearing me apart because of information that's just not true, you're slandering me, you're committing libel, I should be able to do something about it. I mean, it's like it's like if I'm at work and then someone walks in and calls me a rapist, I'm not a rapist. And I've had things, I've been accused of things that I haven't done, not to the extent where CNN is saying they want to beat me, but it's just like, what are you talking about? And how, and you're automatically guilty. These people should have a way to fight back. Nick Sandman, all the way to Brett Kavanaugh, all the way to Tulsi Gabbard. So I really do not have a problem with, um, I, I really do not have a problem with her suing. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of people should have the courage to actually do to go out and sue Brett Kavanaugh. I think the way they treated that man, Clarence Thomas, Robert Bork, I think those people should have be able to go do something to save their reputations. Because no matter what, their reputations are ruined. I mean, people are make people are going to be making films about the horrible, terrible human being that Brett Kavanaugh is in 20, 30 years, just like they're doing it with Clarence Thomas. The last story is probably the most frustrating um, because it it messes with two things that I'm actually very passionate on. The first thing is child abuse. I hate child abuse. And the second thing is the new religion that is climate change. So we seem to forget with all this BS that is occurring with the impeachment that there's actually a job that Donald Trump has to do and he continues to do it. And right now in Davos, Sweden, or Switzerland, whatever, who cares? Um, Donald Trump is up there for an economic conference. Apparently, he rocked it up. He made a great speech. He is uh, extremely influential over there. Do you know why? Because the rest of the world respects Donald Trump, respects the United States now because of Donald Trump. Just because no one else does doesn't mean... Just because no one in this country, or not even no one, a a scant 20% in this country don't like Donald Trump. I mean, to the point where they will want him to fail 
in spite of we're the ones that suffer if he fails. Um, the rest of the world is actually very, uh, uh, they, they, he walks in and they really, when I hear that someone made fun of him, like, uh, Boris Johnson once made a comment, um, the, uh, twinkle toes up in Canada, Justin Trudeau made fun of him. I don't care. Of course they make fun. It's like little kids making fun of their teacher. It doesn't mean anything, but like a puppy chasing a car, Greta Thunberg, or better yet, her parents decide to show up in Davos, uh, Sweden, Switzerland, whatever. Um, and it was the same thing, capitalism bad. Uh, she doesn't say capitalism specifically. She talks about the economic welfare of countries. Um, I'm sure it's because her mental disability will give her problems to pronounce it. Now, I know everyone, oh my God, he just, a 17-year-old girl, blah, 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 blah. Okay, don't give me any of that crap. I don't really care if she's a 17-year-old girl. If she's a 17, she she does have mental disabilities. She's impaired. She has autism, and I believe it's obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, so she does have mental problems. And two, if she's going to put herself in front of a camera every time there's a camera, or worse yet, if her parents are going to stick her in front of a camera, and she's going to say things that are extremely off-putting. By the way, she doesn't have any solutions. She just uses pure emotion. Oh, our kids, we kids, we don't like you anymore because you... Oh, wow. A, a, a freaking 17-year-old, a teenager is telling adults they don't like them. Wow. Never heard that one before. You're talking to a father of four kids. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I'm pretty sure I've never heard a kid say they didn't like me. Because they didn't like the decisions I made. So I tell you what, uh, let let's listen. Let's listen to this first, because it, just this is a, a nine minute speech. If you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can listen to the entire speech. But I mean, this is part of her speech, which it's about a minute and a half. This is part of the speech that really is just the off putting part of it, and then we'll talk about it. The fact that the USA is leaving the Paris Accord seemed to outrage and worry everyone, and it should. But the fact that we are all about to fail the commitments you signed up for in the Paris Agreement doesn't seem to bother the people in power even the least. Any plan or policy of yours that doesn't include radical emission cuts at the source starting today is completely insufficient for meeting the 1.5 or well below 2 degree commitments of the Paris Agreement. And again, this is not about right or left. We couldn't care less about your party politics. From a sustainability perspective, the right, the left, as well as the centre have all failed. No political ideology or economic structure has been able to tackle the climate and environmental emergency and create a cohesive and sustainable world. Because that world, in case you haven't noticed, is currently on fire. 
You say children shouldn't worry. You say, just leave this to us. We will fix this. We promise we won't let you down. Don't be so pessimistic. And then, nothing. Silence. Or something worse than silence. Empty words and promises which give the impression that sufficient action is being taken. I, I find her, I find this gal so grating. It's disgusting. I mean, this is Time's person of the year, you know, standing in front of a, standing in front of a ocean and things like this. I find her grating. I, I, she's just a terrible person. I just don't want to listen to her. And I know she's retarded. I know she's got, or got mental disability. Sorry, you're not supposed to say retarded anymore. She's got mental disability. She's probably being abused by her parents. Well, no, I think she's being abused by her parents. But when she sits there, first off, why does she always point out the United States? When was the last time Greta Thunberg has had a speech where she pointed out Nigeria, China, India, Pakistan? Because those are the countries that are pumping out the most carbon. And yes, the United States left the Paris Accord, but the fact is the United States actually lowered their carbon emissions. China's has gone up. India's has gone up. The African nations... They have all gone up. You don't need to worry, Greta, you don't need to worry about the United States being in the Paris Accord. We're already taking care of business. Go call out China. See what China has to say to you. Walk into China and go tell the President Ping that, uh, yeah, Ping, that he is a, or President Xi, excuse me, that he is polluting the planet and we're all going to die in five minutes. Guess what he'll do? Throw you in a gulag which we're going to talk about tomorrow because I, I've just got to cut video and this is going to go at least a half hour. It might even be a Sunday one. I, I don't know. We're going, to, I, we're going to think about it. But listen, I, I just, I can't stand when people drag this girl around. There, there are just problems with this whole thing. It drives me crazy when she talks. One, she never talks about solutions. She only talks about what we have to do. Well, the kids need to take control. Okay, well then, what are you going to do? Crickets. I got to get that sound effect thrown in here. Crickets. Nothing. They're not going to do anything. Do you know why they're not going to do anything? Because there's nothing they can do. They don't know what to do. Um, the second thing is, her parent, both her parents are in the entertainment industry. And you know they're loving this. This little girl is probably homeschooled. She's probably not getting the help she needs. Uh, she is, she, if she does not have a teleprompter or a speech written in front of her, she can't answer any questions. This was extremely obvious when she was in Washington, D.C. Uh, or New York during the UN climate uh, conference. Um, and now we know that her father is actually doing her social media for her. So all the crap that, that's being posted on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, that's not her talking. That's her father. Her parents are actually using her for fame. This gal needs to learn how to navigate through life. She's already got some real problems. She's got things. She's got 
walls that she's going to have to climb. And no one seems to really care. And the other question is, why at the age of 17, and, and she was worried about this at the age of 12, why at her age is she worried about dying all the time? I'm 52 years old. I barely think about dying. I, I've got a pretty positive, happy-go-lucky uh, look on life. You don't see me worried about dying all the time. Um, I think... I think that her parents need to treat... Her parents are not only telling her the monsters are in the closet... Her parents are dressing up like monsters and popping out of the closet. What do I mean by that? Well, how many kids? There's a monster in the closet and the parent goes in there, stands in the closet. There's no monster. That's what a parent's supposed to do. And these parents are dressing up like the monster and jumping out of the closet to scare the crap out of her so that she is constantly, constantly scared and, and can give these irrational speeches. These speeches are not rational speeches. There's nothing about them. All she is proving, if you're a rational, reasonable human being, all she is proving is that kids do not have any reason or rationality whatsoever. And But all these idiots sit there, oh, let's listen to Greta Thunberg. I would love to listen to Greg Thunberg because I'd start laughing my butt off the second. I would love a question Q&A with her. She doesn't have Q&As because she can't answer anything off the cuff. But I know she's affecting people because I know that um, my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, whatever she is, her daughters have come to me and pointed out Greta Thunberg and I've said, are you kidding have you actually listened? Here's the problem. Young people do not know how to translate what she's saying into something that is... Her speech of nine minutes was a speech of chewing people out. It had nothing to do with policy. It had. She wanted everyone to get rid of the economy, get rid of capitalism, change our economies. Do you know what would happen if we eliminated fossil fuels in the world? Well, people would die. They would start burning cow dung. People would truly freeze. Fossil fuels are necessary. And all but nuclear power and natural gas have proven to be negatives. Wind has proven to be a negative. Waterfalls don't produce uh, waterfalls or dams don't produce enough. And I'm sorry, I, I'm one of these guys. Uh, solar. I, I, I'm sorry, I like to watch TV at night. So when the sun goes down, I'm stuck without TV, lights, computers, anything, internet, anything else. I, I, I just think, I think it's, it's terrible. I think it is, it's a cult. And she is one of the leaders of this climate cult. I mean, this little girl honestly believes we're all going to die in 12 years, 10 years. And Greta hasn't been around long enough. Maybe one day she'll get smart because I heard we were going to die in 10 years back in 19 in the 70s. Then they changed it to the 80s. Then they changed it to the 90s. This goes every 10 
12 years they changed that stupid date. It's just, it's so stupid. It's so annoying. And I'm not one who thinks we should be burning oil. I think oil's valuable. I think it should be used for other things. We don't need to burn it. And I, I believe I was in uh, Los Angeles during the smog era where I couldn't even walk outside on certain days because I couldn't breathe. But it doesn't look like that in Los Angeles anymore. Now we just have to avoid stepping on uh, drug needles and poop. So anyway... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Run and Fool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. Uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on po uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. The Vcast will be published on Friday uh, on YouTube. Just search for Dumbasses Talking Politics. Uh, you can view my notes, the full videos on DumbassesTalkingPolitics.com. Please rate subscribe, comment, I'll answer everything. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>